0: today? It's Pentecost Sunday. Like, this is a big day. This is like up there with Easter, right? Like, this should be, we should circle this date on our calendar every year and make, make this a priority that on this day that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord can receive a baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's what we're here for. If, if it was so important that Jesus had to leave, then we should pursue it. Like if it was that important, if everything led up to that moment in time where this Holy Spirit that lived inside of Jesus could now be given to all men and women who called on him, all our sons and daughters can have access to the spirit that that brought animation to Jesus' life, that brought signs and wonders into his life, that brought a deep connection between him and his father where he never got off track, then we need the Holy Spirit, Amen? And so at the end here, we're going to pray, or let me just say this. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, just ask him. I don't care if it's in the middle of the message. I don't care if it's at the end. Right now, he's a free gift. I'm going to talk about him for a little while today. It's my favorite subject, probably in all to talk about, is the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the word of Pentecostal church. Years ago, there was a prophetic word over my life and it dealt with, with an emphasis on my life being an emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Like there were, they, My identity was gonna be a Holy Spirit, man. And I was like, I don't even know, that was almost 20 years ago. And I was like, I don't even know what that, what does that even mean? And I feel like I've been on a journey of learning what it means. And, you know, in, in the Old Testament, there was a reference. It was like the Holy Spirit would come upon people. I mean, you've heard, like, you read it in the, in the Bible. The Holy Spirit would come upon people, and they would prophesy, or they would perform some amazing military feat. Like, the Holy Spirit came upon David, and he defeats Goliath, you know? Like, these great things would happen to people, and, and what it literally means is that he would put them on like a glove. Why don't you say it with me? Holy Spirit, put me on like a glove. <laughs> It was so, it was such a special moment for David that when he really messed up one of his times and he wrote one of the most beautiful Psalms that you all know, Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. Then he says, do not take your spirit. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Like David knew, like when the spirit of God is off of my life, I don't want to be around. I don't want to live without your presence. Like David made prayers like, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord where your presence is. Like my heart and my flesh cries out for you, the living God. I need your spirit. I need your presence. And David found this key. And there were men and women in the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit would come up on them in power and put them on like a glove. And then he would leave and it would disperse and it would leave them. The Bible even talks about Samson. How many remember Samson? The Holy Spirit would come upon him and he would do strength, fits of strength, feats of strength. <laughs> he would destroy, like he would take a donkey's jawbone and kill a thousand men with it, like he was a warrior. And it, the Bible says that when he gave in to temptation, And he told his secret, the covenant. The secret wasn't his hair. The secret was the covenant he made with God. And when he told about his secret and and Delilah cut off his hair, the Bible says he woke up and he shook himself as if before, like, okay, the spirit of God is going to come upon me. And it says that he didn't even know the spirit of the Lord had departed from him. And the word there was Ichabod. It means the spirit of the Lord has departed and I don't think that we really understand how important it is to have the Holy Spirit in our lives. Like, we talk about it, like, it's so important because he's the one that draws us to the Father. He's the one that convicts us of sin, right? The Bible even says no man can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. Like, we know all this stuff, right? This is vital. And he's in us for us. But he's on us for a reason. And it's... it's We're at a point right now where it's time for us to take hold of what does it look like for the Holy Spirit to put me on like a glove and not leave me? What does it look like for the Holy Spirit to come up on me, not just in me for my salvation, not just in me for my benefit, not just in me for my family, but for everyone that I come in contact with? What does it look like for you and I to come under the influence of the Spirit of God and where he doesn't leave us? You know, back when we were first introduced to to Bethel and to Bill Johnson and the whole move that God was doing there, he talked about walking as if the Holy Spirit was a dove on our shoulder. And you're like, well, how would you walk if you had a dove on your shoulder if you didn't want the dove to fly away? You would walk very carefully. And it's time, Fire Life, I feel like today is a moment for us that's going to be a mark for our future. That. He's in us for us, but he's on us for others. Like, we have to take hold of this this power side of the Holy Spirit. Like, he's on us for power. Everyone say power. Power. I'm gonna read some scripture, and I'm I'm just gonna go through this, because the Bible says it's through the foolishness of men's teaching that men come to repentance. And... How many have been part of this church for more than 10 years, 20 years, you don't have to raise your hand, but just think about it. You've been around for, you can't, I mean, you've been around for a long time. Like you've seen the history of the church. Have many been part of a, a, a fire, Holy Ghost field, Pentecostal church in your life? Like you grew up in it, you saw what God could do, right? Well, I would say for fire life that was, you know, back in our day was a tabernacle and family worship center, more to life and all these things. Like, I'm just being honest with you. We're missing that he's on us for others' part. We're missing the fullness of that. I think we have moments of it. I think we have moments where we realize, man, my walk with Jesus is beneficial to other people. (laughs) I think we have moments of that where it's like, wow. And I, I think we even talk about it. Like, we have a cool testimony that happens in the marketplace, or God does something special, or we prophesy over someone at work, or we just hug someone who needs a hug and like it felt like we did the work of jesus in that moment right we gave a cup of cold water in his name and we know what that feels like how many know what it feels like to do what jesus would have done his hands and his feet and what does it feel like like wow i'm part of this i'm a partner with the move of god i'm a partner with what god is doing but then we go and how long has it been and it's not supposed to lift In Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Of course, we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We gotta talk about Acts, right? This is where it all happened. This is the showdown. This is this is when Jesus was leaving. He's like, You've got to go and wait. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem. Don't go back to your families. Don't go back to your homeland. Don't go back to your place of business. Listen. Don't go back to your job tomorrow. Don't go back to your home this afternoon. Don't go back to your responsibilities. Don't leave today until you are empowered with the Holy Spirit. Do you hear me? Do not leave, but wait for the promise from the Father, which he said you have heard from me. For John, truly baptized with water, but you will, you will be baptized. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked, Lord, is this at the time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. And then he brought them back to the point. But you shall receive what? Power. You shall receive, everyone say power. You shall receive power. When? When do we receive power? When the Holy Spirit comes in us? When He comes upon us. Like, there are a lot of really good Christians all around the world that have had the Holy Spirit come live inside of us. And we're, and I, we're good Christians. We're going to go to heaven. We love Jesus, all that stuff. But Jesus needs some Christians that have the Holy Spirit who comes upon them. We need the church to be the church. Like, it's not the church without the Holy Spirit resting upon us. It's just a club. If he, if Jesus instituted this and said, you go and wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall receive power when he comes upon you and then what will happen? You will be my witnesses. In other words, he says, you will testify about me you will preach the gospel. Every one of you, you're a preacher. You are to preach the gospel. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Everyone say amen to that. And then in Acts chapter two it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully arrived, they were all in one accord, they were in unity. What were they unified around? Hey, Jesus said to wait. Jesus said, don't go back to your jobs. Don't go back to your families. Don't go back to your responsibilities and to your business. Wait in Jerusalem until the promise comes. And they were all in agreement with that. Today in this room, we all need to come into agreement in a spirit of unity that says we will wait. We will wait. There's nothing else more important. There's no other responsibility more important today than for you and I to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. There There is a harvest that this church is to step into. There is a place of authority in atmospheres that we're to step into, but it will not happen until the Holy Spirit comes upon us in power. And it will not happen when we take that power that comes upon us and we use it to be witnesses of who Jesus is. And we tell people and we invite people and we go to the highways and the byways. He says, go invite. Remember the story about the banquet. He's like, go tell everyone you know to come to this banquet. They're gonna wanna be there. It's the best party. It's the biggest event. They're not going to want to miss out. He's like, go to the highways. Go under the bridges. Go in the ditches. Go to the neighbors way out where they live too far to drive and pick them up in your car and bring them. Because there's going to there's gonna be a, a shift that takes place in this room. There's going to be a, a table prepared before you in the presence of your enemies. The Lord is going to reveal himself as the shepherd. And he's going to feed us the bread of life. And we're going to come alive. But don't take all the bread for yourself. Yeah. Go invite people. Go give it to other people. And if I would say anything to fire life, it's like we've got to step into we're witnesses. We're not blessed saints that sit in a church. We're witnesses. And we're empowered for one reason. It's to tell people that Jesus is risen from the dead. That he is who he says that he is. That he can do anything in their life. That nothing is impossible. That we can pray right now and heaven can come to earth. This is who we are. This is why we're a church. We're not a church because we just love to do life together. That's a great part of it. But we're here to impact the kingdom. You know, this morning I was watching the young men over here on the side, and for a second, the dad of me is like, okay, some of those boys are related, they have my last name. And the dad of me wants to be like, hey, you're distracting. And the Lord told me, and I want to prophesy over all of them before they leave, that the Lord's going to make them a distraction to the things that have control of the atmosphere. He told me that. I was like, okay, Lord. I'm going to flip this. You and I have been called to be a distraction to the prince and the powers that are ruling over this area. We have been called to be a thorn in the side of the, of the principality of the air who thinks he has ownership and authority over every family and over every business and over every marriage in this area. We're supposed to be a distraction to him, an annoyance to him. We're not supposed to be cute and quiet sheep Christians. We're supposed to be annoying. We're supposed to get in trouble. We're supposed to get arrested for preaching the gospel. We're supposed to get canceled because we speak the truth. We're supposed to be persecuted for talking about Jesus. We're not supposed to get along with the culture of the world. The Bible says if you're a friend of the world, we've put ourselves at odds with God. We become an enemy to God. We've been called to be a thorn in the side of the principalities of the earth. We've been called to pull down strongholds and cast down imaginations. We have been called to restore, to build up, to set captives free. Come on. The Bible says in in Isaiah 61, it says, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. (sighs) To restore sight to the blind, to give hearing to the deaf. Come on, to release captives and prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And in Luke chapter 4, Jesus just walks into the temple, and they're reading from the scroll. Like, they just read in order. They didn't skip around. They were reading from the scrolls of Isaiah, and Jesus walks in, and guess what? They, They had him come up and read the scroll, and he opens it up, and he reads Isaiah 61. He quotes it, and he says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me. And he quotes it to preach the good news. And then he says, Today in your hearing, this has been fulfilled. And he set the scroll down and walked away. And you and I have that same spirit living inside of us to release captives and prisoners. We are dangerous. Come on you and I are dangerous. I I wish I would have thought of this earlier with my first two sons, but with my third one, I've been teaching him, we're lions, not sheep. We're lions, not sheep. And he says, he'll randomly come in and say, dad, we're lions, not sheep, right? I was like, yes, we make war. We make war. We're dangerous. I, I, I love that that picture of Aslan, and, and I love that, that, that statement. We used it a few weeks ago in the sermon. It says, The lion of the tribe of Judah is not safe, but he is good. And you and I have his nature in us. We're not supposed to be safe, we're supposed to wreck people's lives when we speak the truth. Yeah. We're good, but we're dangerous. Come on. And that's why the Holy Spirit came, not to just make disciples, but for disciples to make disciples of the nations. See, the first part, we become a disciple. Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us, and we become a disciple of Jesus. And what that means is we just follow him and do whatever he does. We just copy him. You know, have you ever had one of your kids just walk around and copy you and sometimes we'll say a a, a word that we don't want them to say. They're not mature enough yet to say it and they'll copy you like, hey, stop, stop it. And then they want to say it all the time. Like our kids just want to copy the parents, right? They want to follow us around. They want to do the things we do. And, And you notice, have you looked at your kid ever and watched them and they've got some of your mannerisms and you're like, oh my goodness, that is definitely my child, right? Because they're a disciple. They're being imprinted upon, right? Our, our personality, our, our boundaries, our, our giftings are being imprinted upon our children and they copy and they mimic us. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. We just copy him. We just, that's what Jesus did. He says, I do what I see my father doing and I say whatever I hear him say. Like I just copy the father. Like literally, I just look at him and whatever he's doing, I do. I listen to him. And if he's not saying anything, I don't say anything. But if he is saying something, I just say whatever he said. This is Jesus. And you and I have been called to be disciples, right? Just do what Jesus did. And the Holy Spirit comes in and he said, he will remind you of my teachings so that you can be my disciple, right? But then in Matthew 28, when he's leaving, he says, you are going to, you're going to go into all the world and you're to preach the gospel. You're to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You're to teach them all the things that I've commanded you. You're to disciple nations now. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, now we have a responsibility to disciple the nations. Like, man, that sounds like a big job. Look around your neighborhood. The nations are in your neighborhood. Look around your city. The nations are in our city. They're right here. You're like, well, they're like this whole neighborhood is is Hindu background. They they just aren't ready to receive Jesus yet. Don't say in three months. Don't say in six months or nine months the harvest they'll be ready. Right now they're ready. And all they're waiting for is for someone to have the Holy Spirit rest upon them in power so that they will be my witnesses and that they will testify. And that's who we've been called to be. Amen? Like the Holy Spirit came, came into our heart for us, but he's on us for others. This is the fulfillment of the promise, the prophecy in Joel chapter two. It says the Holy Spirit's gonna be poured out on all flesh. Everyone say All flesh. All flesh. He says, Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Every one of you, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. They're probably already prophesying right now. Old men, <laughs> we're going to dream dreams, and young men are going to see visions. And on the maid servants and the hand servants, the people we would think, oh, well, they, they don't know enough or they're not part of the in crowd. No, they're going to prophesy too. All of us, we all get a seat at the table in this kingdom. Every one of us gets a seat at the table and all of us get a flame upon us and we all get to prophesy. And he says, it's for you and it's for your children's children. (sighs) And not just for your children's children, but for anyone that the Lord calls. And then when this happens in Acts chapter two, Peter's preaching and he tells and he quotes this scripture. He says, this is for you. It's for your children, your children's children. You see, in, in Genesis chapter one, a lot of us think that the Holy Spirit didn't show up until the New Testament, right? Or like we talk about, he shows up and he comes in, uh, upon people and they have power and authority. But the Holy Spirit was there from the very beginning. Yeah. We even talked about it. As the Spirit was moving over the waters, he was there in the, in the chaos. The Holy Spirit hovered over the, the formless and void world that we see right now. It was without form, and it was void. It had no purpose. It had no life. It, was, it had no um, reason to it. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep, deep, and then God spoke. And when God spoke, it activated the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit created whatever the word of the Lord said to be created. Because the, the word there, when, when it says that God spoke, it's called ruach. It's a Hebrew word, and it means the breath of God. And God spoke, and his breath released an atmosphere. It released a, um, a commandment, and the Holy Spirit attached itself and said yes to the commandment of God and made it a reality. Then you fast forward a little bit, and God fashions mankind from the dirt. He shapes us. He forms us. Come on. He, I would love to see that. I just picture like an artist, you know, just a, taking their time and just crafting this beautiful, he didn't, you know, I, when I was a, a youth pastor, I was joking around like he, he drew a stick figure in the ground and then, and then breathed on us and animated. I think he fashioned us beautifully. And then when he was done with that, the Bible says that he breathed his breath into man, his ruach, his breath, his life, so that the same life that God had was now in man. All right. When Jesus breathed on his Holy Spirit, the word changes because the, the Old Testament is Hebrew and the New Testament is mostly Greek. The word now is pneuma. And it means the same thing. It's the breath of God. And the Bible says that Jesus breathed the breath of God upon, the Holy, uh, upon his disciples, and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that a wind from heaven began to blow. And then the fire came. The ruach, the numa, the breath of God began to blow. And it animated and it brought life to people. And the Lord wants to breathe life into you today. And the life is not just to sustain you. The life is for other people. Everyone say it's for other people too. Let's close it out. So when the Holy Spirit came, they were in a room. They were in a small room gathered together, right? The upper room, Solomon's porch, they believe. But as soon as the Holy Spirit was poured out, they couldn't contain it in that room. The Bible says that it is spilled out into the streets, out onto the, out onto the porch and out onto the streets. And now everyone that was around, they, weren't ac- they didn't have access to what was going on in that room. They were hidden in a closed room, but once the Holy Spirit came, it broke the doors open off the room, and now everyone had access to see what God was doing on their lives, and they, they begin to spill out, the Bible says. Come on, and, I, and this is what I felt the Lord say for today. If it stays in the house, it dies in the house. If what God is doing in your life stays inside, it will die there. It has to be released to someone else. We have to give it away to someone else. See, the Holy Spirit cannot be contained in a room The Holy Spirit cannot be contained in the four walls of this room right here. Like the purpose of fire life is so that the Holy Spirit would spill out of here. Out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. It should be released from us like a river. It should go everywhere. We should have zero control of when the Holy Spirit leaks out of us. Holy Spirit was poured out so that what God was doing in that room could be experienced by everyone. God is so interested in bringing everyone to the table that he doesn't hide these things in a room somewhere else. He always puts it on display. Jesus even taught it. He says, look, you don't take a light for your house and put it under a bushel. No, you put it on a candle stand so that it gives light to the entire house. That's the Holy Spirit. It came, he came so that we have light, but also so that that light could be put on display so that Isaiah 60 could happen. Arise, shine, for your light has come. That people can look, it says, nations will come to the brightness of our rising. This is you and me, are y'all okay? Yeah. Holy Spirit came so that what God was doing could be shared and experienced by everyone. The Holy Spirit shifted the church from a gathering place to a going place. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. And as you go, preach. As you go, preach. What am I supposed to say? The kingdom of heaven is near. What are you supposed to tell people? Jesus is close, his kingdom is close. Heal the sick. Say it with me, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, he's in us for us, freely give. Would you say it with freely I've received, freely I give. This is who we are. What God's doing, there's something really special happening. How many would agree that God's doing something new and special in your life? It's for you, but it's for others. And I feel so strongly that, that our whole way of doing things is about to be just disrupted. I just do, and I don't know what it looks like. I don't know. I get glimpses of it. I've, I've been up yeah. since really, really early this morning, and I just, I just sat there and just dreamed with God and just began to picture what things could look like if, if just those of us here now, those of us on Facebook Live, would just let the Holy Spirit not just be in me for me, but that he would rest upon me. Yeah. There is no limit to what he can do if we give him the opportunity to do it. There's no, there's no limit to the people in your life that you know right now that could come to Jesus by your testimony. There's no limit to that. Yeah. Can I ask you a, a real question? When's the last time you shared your, your redemption story, your testimony with someone who was not a believer? Holy Spirit, convict us. You should be able to do it in 30 seconds. We, we were part of a, a Bethel Leaders Network training thing, and they were teaching people how to give a 30-second 30, 30 testimony. And basically, it's, I don't remember all the steps, so I'm going to make my own real just kind of from memory. But basically, it says, there was a time in my life where I was this. I was lost. I was confused. I was addicted to drugs. I was whatever. But then I met Jesus. And when I met Jesus, this happened to my life. Have you met Jesus? 30 seconds. There was a time in my life where I was this. My marriage was falling apart. I was lost, I was confused, I didn't know which way was up, and then someone told me about, someone told me about Jesus, and I met Jesus, and now my life is different. Have you met Jesus? Do you wanna know Jesus? Do you want him to touch your life? It's really easy. You're like, well, I don't, I don't know how to preach. You don't have to, just tell your story. Be a witness, testify what he's done for you. It means more, it means more to people you know when it's your story. It just means more, especially if they knew you before. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. You are different. <sighs> it's time. Yeah. And I've gone, I've gone so far away from the invite your friend to church thing because we're not here to build like fire life. We're just not. But I've gone so far that I, we don't talk about it hardly at all that I've messed up. You should be telling your friends about your church. Yeah, come on. You should be telling your friends, look, we love Jesus and like, I don't know what happens, but when we get together in the room, Jesus shows up. He just does. It doesn't matter who's leading worship, Jesus shows up. It doesn't matter who's preaching, Jesus shows up. It doesn't matter if everyone's here this week or there's people out this week, Jesus shows up. And not only does he show up, he shows up in a personal way. Like, he does. He speaks personally to everyone. Like, we should be telling people that we don't just go go to a church to just go to a church. We go to a church where Jesus shows up. You should tell your friends. We're, We're trying to build a facility that you'd be proud to bring your friends to. We're doing our part on this, right? We're trying to to get better at all the stuff that would just make it easier, but Jesus shows up, that's what matters. And the people here love people really well. Every guest that I've ever had that was in some way associated to me or knew knew us, they always say that, Jesus showed up. The Lord spoke to me today. Last week, someone was giving that to us. God spoke to me today, and I hadn't heard him tell me anything in a long time. That's Jesus showing up. Your people are so friendly. Like that's right. They love Jesus. Jesus shows up. Like it's time. Share your testimony. Prophesy. Hey, ooh, ooh, prophesy. What is that? Just what's God saying about this person right now? You can even just say, "Hey, God. You know my boss who's driving me nuts today. What do you think about them?" And he'll tell you, and it won't be mean. (laughs) He won't side with you. (laughs) He's on his own side. We join him. And whatever he says, God, can I tell them? Sure, go tell them what I think about him. Hey, I just want you to know I was was praying or I was talking to God or came to my mind that you're amazing at this. I don't know what it is. God will tell you what he thinks about him. I mean, if his thoughts for us are so numerous, they're like the sands of the sea. We can't count them. How many feel that way? Like God thinks about you that much. Do you really think that? You should, because he does all the time. Well, he also thinks those thoughts for everyone in the world. So, hey, God, just give me one of those thoughts that can release life to them. That's prophesying. That's prophesying. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come now. We have felt you from the very beginning. You've been in the room with power. And I feel like you're anxious, like in an excited way. Like, I see the Holy Spirit as a very excited person. Like, he's never discouraged. He's full of joy, full of energy, always excited because he knows what God's doing. And he's here to bring it about. Like, man, how awesome is that? Holy Spirit has access to the mind of God, and he knows what God wants to do all the time. So he's full of this excitement and anticipation of hope and good things are coming, and he wants to release that to us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and release the thoughts of God into our hearts. Release the word of God over us right now. Hmm. Would you please stand and we're going to pray. We're going to do a prayer here. Don't, don't disconnect. Don't go home. Don't go back to your responsibilities. Don't go to the next thing. Don't go back to your job. Wait. Wait. Don't leave. I'm, I'm, this is serious. Do not leave this room today until you have a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. Do not leave. It's too important. It's too important. If you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit before, and all, it's just a new encounter with him where he comes upon us in power and authority and he makes us witnesses. He brings gifts with him. Like, it's, how many like getting gifts? Yeah, today, you're gonna receive gifts. <laughs> you're gonna get a gift from God today. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make your heart happy. Like, I love it when someone takes a lot of time and picks out a gift that's very thoughtful. And the Lord's going to do that today through the Holy Spirit. He's going to release gifts. So God, I ask right now that your Holy Spirit would come and rest on us. We've experienced you before, but we want a fresh touch. We want a fresh outpouring. You just talk to Him. You just ask him, he's free, he's a free gift. You don't have to do anything. You, don't have to do anything to earn it. It's, it's really, really easy to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on his disciples, they didn't do a thing. They just got breathed upon. Jesus breathe on us again. Breathe on us, Jesus. Hmm. Your Ruach. (laughs) The breath of God. I actually like that it, it feels real chill right now I, there's I, I feel like that it's supposed to be that way right now i don't mean it's always supposed to be this way but i feel like right now it's this simple he just said wait on him like don't perform right now don't go into your memory banks of prayers or praise or words or phrases or whatever it is just wait on him relax Ask you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> what a freshened feeling. Yeah. <sighs> Put me on like a glove. that I, I've keyed in on from the Old Testament and Saul got around the prophets and the prophets begin to begin to prophesy and the word of the Lord came to him and says hey when you're, when you're there with him prophesy with him like the spirit of God is going to come upon you Saul it's like, and he's going to turn you into another person <laughs> and then it says do whatever the occasion requires And I just speak that over you right now. Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and he's going to turn you into another person and you are now forever going to do whatever the occasion requires. Like you're not going to go, I don't know how I can't or I've never not even thought. You're going to do whatever the occasion requires. You're going to have a gift for that moment right now. You're going to have an authority for that moment. I just declare that over everyone now. Receive the Holy Spirit. Be turned into another person. Come on be activated to do whatever the occasion requires. I feel like I have a prophetic word for us. I've heard it all weekend in my spirit and our, that our name or that we would be his sent ones. I've heard sent ones. And so I just declare that fire life, that we are his sent ones. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Pray for the person next to you. Come on, make me a sent one. <laughs> make me a sent one. Come on, send me out. Turn me into another person. Send me out. Equip me to do whatever the occasion requires. Come on. I just keep getting so many pictures in my head of just visions and flashes and glimpses. God, what it would, what would it look like <laughs> if fire life became a sent one? whole church if every single one of us took the assignment of being sent Mm. go 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 if it stays in the house it will die in the house let's go let's be sent send me Isaiah 6 and the Lord's like "Who who will go for me whom shall I send and Isaiah's like here I am Send me. God, we reply. Send me. (laughs) Send me. Send us. Come on, send us out. Send us out. Send us out. Make us uncomfortable. Make us uncomfortable. Shake our comforts. Shake our complacency. Stir a fire in us. Come on. Turn me back into a wild man. Come on. Send to another person. Come on. Yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. I'll go wherever You want me to go. I'll say whatever You want me to say. I'll be that wild man. Come on. I'll be that wild man on fire for You. Come on. By somebody, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that. We give you permission. Send us out. Come on. I really, I really feel like we're supposed to call all of our kids in here and everyone, and we're supposed to pray for all our sons and daughters. And all the nursery workers and kid workers, I know it may take just a moment for them to get in here, but it's for our children and our children's children. It's for all of them. It's for you. Come on, it's for you. (laughs) it's for our children and our children's children yeah find our families we're going to pray as families Josiah Matthias y'all come on when I woke Josiah up today. I was like, hey, Josiah, you know what today is? He's like, I was like, it's Pentecost Sunday. He goes, like, oh, today's Pentecost? I was like, yes. Today's Pentecost. Today's the day, son. Today's the day, man. It's for our sons and our daughters. Come on. It's for our children and our children's children. Come here, Levi. Levi, come here. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. And in the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Did everyone say all flesh? Our sons and daughters will prophesy. Mm. Our sons and daughters will prophesy. Us old men and women will dream dreams, and our young men are going to see visions. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to cleanse lepers. You're going to cast out demons. You're going to raise the dead. You have been sent. We're a generational church. There, there are generations represented here. The Mills family's four generations Come on, I just think about that all the time. Like how awesome it is that God's put families here. Like this is, we're gonna keep passing this on. Like we have that in our DNA. We have it. As some of us turn into grandkids, we're gonna be looking at our kids and our grandkids leading worship and we're still gonna be connected. Like there, I just see it. And so I just want you to pray over your family. The promise is for us, it's for everyone. It's for your children and your children's children. We won't take long. I know the kids are ready to. to have fun and play together and all that stuff but this is their future so God right now we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit receive the Holy Spirit come on. it's a gift Shh. receive the Holy Spirit come here Levi you're a lion receive the Holy Spirit in Jesus name when John the Baptist was in the womb, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Just ask Him for it. It's a free gift. Receive the Holy Spirit. Be baptized. Come on. Receive it. It's free. It's His greatest desire. It's His greatest desire. It's to fill you. Fill you full and overflowing. Sure, Your sons and daughters. Oh, your sons and daughters, all of you, you will prophesy. Sometimes our, our kids don't know what to do when they feel the presence of God, and so we need to teach them. All right, so I'm just going to say this. When, when you feel the presence of God, it doesn't matter how old you are, kids respond. Kids respond to the Lord. I, I watch and I see some of your sons and your daughters, and I can tell when the, when the Lord is moving in the room because there's a reaction that they have. And it's so sweet to see how different people respond to the Lord. I hear all, all the kids, when you feel God's presence all you need to do is just say yes to him just say yes like you, that's it just yes whatever that ha- whatever happens yes i feel your presence yes i want to feel your presence yes to whatever your presence was sent to do in me yes so from little all the way up when we feel the presence of god we just stop and we recognize it and we just say i sense that you're here we acknowledge him that's it. And we can start that when they're babies. When God enters into a room, we just say, hey, we're gonna pause. And so right now we're all just gonna pause for a moment because we're gonna recognize God's in the room. Yeah. <laughs> she she wants to do something. She's got like, I got gifts, man. So Father, we just pause. We recognize your presence. And we just say yes. We say yes. We say yes for our sons and our daughters. Yes, on our grandkids. We will all pause when you come in the room. We will all acknowledge your presence. We will live with this awareness. Oh, how sweet. Yeah, we bless Jesa with your presence, God. Baptize her with a fire like a Joan of Arc. Ooh, yeah. Oh, come on here's our homework two things number one you're sent so you have, a, you, have a, you have a homework assignment you're supposed to go testify about Jesus 30 second testimonies find someone this week and tell someone your testimony 30 seconds hey there was a time in my life I was this but then someone told me about Jesus and when I met Jesus this is what happened have you met Jesus 30 seconds it's over second thing Practice with your family, inviting the presence of God in your home, and then feeling his presence, and then what do we do? Uh, This is, I love this. This is great. We bless, we bless you. Bless you girls with the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. Come on. Sweetheart. For such a time as this, you too. It's for all of us. It's for every one of us. Come on, James. It's for you too, man. It's for you, James. Yeah. Who's next? Come on, yeah, let's just go for it, yeah. Josh, come here, Josh. You're a leader, man. You're a leader, dude. Sammy, we bless you with the Holy Spirit. We bless you with the Holy. We bless you with the Holy Spirit. We bless you with the Holy Spirit. Come on, Naomi. We bless you. You Daniel, we bless you, Faith, Holy Spirit. We bless you. We bless you. Bless you. Hi, she's like whoa. Oh, thank you, Lord. All right, all right. Well, this is good. We bless you, Edwin. Oh my All right, what's the homework? We're sent, so we have an assignment. Let's practice the presence. Yeah.